Okay, you've got your basic website set up now and your customers can find you, but what's next? How about offering them an endless aisle of products and great experiences online? In this episode, Jonathan Layton and I discuss that transition that Chemart made and also how they're leveraging smart technology to deliver skin cancer screening to every Australian. Welcome to the Transformation Show, where successful pharmacy owners and technology partners help you to build a better 21st century pharmacy by embracing technology. Here is your host, Robert Starr. G'day listeners and welcome back to Transformation, the only dedicated podcast in the world where pharmacy and technology collide to bring you, the motivated pharmacy owner, all that you need to build your smarter, more successful 21st century business before it's too late. My name's Robert Starr, your host and guide on this fantastic journey of ours. And we're into episode 39. And what a big episode we're going to have for you today. It was a great response to last week's show. Please let me know what you took away from it. It was a great thing to explore wearable technology and it's such a burgeoning category for all our pharmacies and I dare say a very profitable one too. So I'd love to know how you got started and perhaps even just testing the wearable tech out yourself. We had a great competition for the best question, which I'll announce soon. But as always, I'm here to help you to get started in any way I can. Now, also, our guest last week, Craig Simmons, kindly offered to answer any wearable tech questions that you may have as you put them in the discussion box underneath the show notes, and that was episode 38. And the best question, as judged by Craig, will win a sensational prize, which was an eye health activity and sleep tracker, uh, my personally signed book of transfer and a $100 credit towards your first Pharmacy Freedom Index session with me, which I know you're going to love. And we've got a winner, and I'll announce that very, very shortly. I'll keep you in suspense. But also our guest today, Jonathan Layton, and it's becoming a transformation tradition now, has also kindly offered to respond to your questions uh, when you write those in the discussion box in the show notes. So that would be robertstar.com forward slash episode 39 and you can ask questions around spot check and also about multi-channel retail which we're going to go through step by step today of how Ken Mart tackled that and I know you're going to get a lot of value out of it as well. Of course there's going to be a prize but I'm going to keep you in suspense this time. Who doesn't love a surprise honestly? Um, but also great listener feedback that I got this week from the Robert Star Facebook page. Uh, so if you haven't joined head across there as well. And it was from Mike in New South Wales. Robert, really enjoy your show. Thank you, Mike. I really do appreciate that. And I'm interested in your take on the current pharmacy point-of-sale dispensing systems. I know you may have covered these in previous podcasts, so if you could let me know where to find it, um, that would be fantastic. Well, thanks very much, Mike, and a great question, and certainly one I do get asked about a lot. And I'm going to do you one better. I will send you across to a few episodes which we've covered this briefly, which would be episode 26, where I spoke to Andrew Hall from Minfos, episode 20, which I spoke to Paul Naismith from Fred, and we spoke about how they're transitioning into the cloud with Fred next, and also episode 27, where I had a chat with uh, National Manager of Chemist Pos Direct, Georgia Lamb, and uh, we had some great discussions around that, and of course, George wrote a great thesis on pharmacy and technology use in Australia, which is fantastic. So we went into a lot of detail there, but just in a nutshell, just thought I'd give you a few of my key thoughts around that. Essentially, the major major sticking point with a lot of pharmacy dispense and point of sale systems in Australia is that whichever brand you're going to choose, the majority of pharmacy owners aren't using their full capabilities. We're only essentially using the POS as really just an really extensive or elaborate cash register. We're not using the uh, analytical reports that can come into it. And often when we're forced to change POS, it's due to the change of banner or change of uh, potential brand as well. Uh, and you may be coming under a corporate structure or part of a, a larger group that require the same platform. But in terms of where we're going with it and my current take, I believe that all software in pharmacy, be it point of sale or dispense, need to transition into the cloud. And Fred being the market leader are leading that charge down that pathway. 
They're probably not ready for you just yet to get into the cloud, but I think that's where you want to go because what you're going to be able to do once Fred have got into the cloud is they're going to have an API, which is an application program interface, which basically just allows your data to be moved across different systems and well as well. And what that's going to do is open the gateway to be able to share data between applications so that you don't have to do all the double data entry. So you won't have to re-enter your POS data into your accounting system, or you won't have to re-enter your dispense data or patient history data into a medication management system. It's going to become a lot tighter and a lot more efficient. So you need to be looking at vendors that are going down that pathway. Uh, but also, you need to look at what efficiencies are available to you in your pharmacy as well. So it could be that you may want to make your stock taking more efficient, and you may want a POS system that actually has a mobile handheld scanner that links in with that so that you can do it mobile rather than doing the old thing of printing out the stock sheets, having to do that all manually, and then having someone enter it all back in. Because all of those one percenters that we talk about on this show really do enable you as a business to become more efficient but for you to spend more time with your patients and be and enable yourselves to grow a greater profit level by becoming more operationally efficient so that you can invest in more of those patient-centric services which is where the sustainability of pharmacy is going so I hope that helps you um, head across to those episodes for a bit more detail um, but uh, that was a fantastic one so I'm also going to drum roll for our competition winner, which funnily enough was Mike from Newcastle again, which is amazing. And I'll give you a little story in a moment as to uh, some of the technology that I've been trialing this week that uh, Mike uh, got his hands on uh, inadvertently. And I'll share that with you in a moment. Uh, but he had a great question for Craig, uh, which I'll post in the show notes, um, which Craig will respond in uh, the show notes of robertstar.com forward slash episode 38. And um, I'll just share with you a couple of little bits of that question, because I know that's going to relate to a lot of the questions that we're already having in our heads once that was happening. So it's a great question, Mike. Um, but the questions were, with the development of all the eye health gadgetry collecting all this data, is there any talk of open standards so that the data can be fed into multiple platforms like Apple's iHealth software, government eHealth records, and also one of the key advances will be gadgets that collect the data that was previously only available through invasive procedures like measuring blood glucose and so forth. And have I heard of any developments? So Craig will answer that, I'm sure, very well and probably better than I, I can. Uh, but also, we spoke a lot last week about how those platforms are probably going to enter into a private cloud. Um, Apple's iHealth is becoming a good little, I guess, collaboration hub for a lot of these wearable devices that we're seeing. And if you're already using some of them, so you might have a Garmin tracker for fitness that I have. I've also got a Jawbone uh, that I use as a fitness and sleep tracker. Um, it, all the data can be fed into iHealth as well. But in terms of a government standard, I'm not quite sure we're there yet. Um, I think there's going to be a lot that needs to still go through. The government's just reorganizing themselves and looking to create that um, reverse of the personally controlled electronic health record to make it opt out rather than opt in. So I think they've got to, they've got to go backwards downstream a bit further before they work out how they're going to deal with wearable tech. Uh, but also, as we spoke about on last week's show, um, there are products um, around blood glucose that do link in with uh, the iHealth platform. And particularly, Craig is very well versed because they've got a product in exactly that field. But I'll leave Craig to give you all the details and that will be at robertstar.com forward slash episode 38. Now, the story that I had regarding Mike and how we crossed paths this week, not, in, not only on receiving his great question on the Facebook page, but also, and it comes down to our Pharmacy Freedom Insight for this week as well, um, because I had a lot of questions from uh, people coming up after episode 37, which of course was with, with, with John Hollenberg, about what easy things we can just simply add on to our websites rather than doing a full layout and redesign. So I decided to dedicate part of this episode to actually answering that. And um, I'll share with you a funny story as well with, with regarding how Mike, Mike and I crossed paths this week too. 
So the so basically, I've got two easy tools that you could easily install yourself for immediate effect, and they're both used on robertstar.com. So I'm the guinea pig, and I'm happy to share with you how that's gone for me. But also, I thought that it's quite relevant coming up to the busy Christmas period where you need things that are going to improve your patient and customer experiences, but also save you time and that frustration of not being able to handle phone calls um, and also some of the offline or non-urgent interactions that your patients may have. So the first tool is SpeakPipe which is essentially a digital voicemail tool. So what you'll be able to use this for, and it's also also an announcement, that if you want to be featured on the Transformation Show and ask your question personally rather than me reading it out, this is the way to do it. So what you'll notice is when you visit the show notes, so this one will be robertstar.com forward slash episode 39, there'll be a box that comes up on your right-hand side of the screen, whether that be on your desktop or on your mobile device, and it'll say send voicemail. So all you need to do is literally hit that button, talk into it for no more than three minutes because it will cut you off there. It can't hold a huge amount of data. Um, and what that's going to be able to do is uh, send that directly to me as an audio file and I can publish it in uh, one of the upcoming episodes as well. So I'd love to do that. I'd also love you to maybe leave a review of the Transformation Show. So some of our listeners have, have said said to me, Rob, I would have loved to leave you a review on the iTunes site. I just don't have time to go in there and work it all out. I'll do all the transcribing for you. Me and my team, we've got, we've got capability of being able to do that. So if you are kind enough to just hit that button on your phone and send me a review of you just telling me what you think of the show, or if you want to review the book, which would be fantastic as well, I'll have it transcribed for you and uh, we'll publish that on the site on your behalf. So that'd be brilliant. Now also, um, it's available on desktop and Android. Now, little couple of little tips with that is that it's desktop and Android for immediate access. So you don't need any additional apps to be installed at that point. The iOS or the Apple devices require you to speak into the iPhone, um, which, um, which require you to actually download the SpeakPipe iPhone app, but you only ever have to do that once and it's really easy. It also integrates with the Facebook page. So if you go to Robert Starr Facebook page, uh, which is facebook.com forward slash robert.star. Um, you can have a look and one of the tabs I have there now is send me a message. So where that's applicable to you and your pharmacy is no more waiting on hold for inquiries for your patients. You can send them to your Facebook page, you can send them to your website, and they just have to hit voicemail and send you an inquiry. You'll get that in your email box straight away and you can get back to them. So you'll also be able to receive that email notification and also, and that's on multiple devices, but also your team can send you easy voice messages via a web page as well. So if you have a, you can, and if you don't have a personal website like I do, um, you can also have um, SpeakPipe um, do that for you. Now, don't worry, all the notes and all of the links will be on robertstar.com forward slash episode 39. So don't worry about taking any notes. Don't lose the dog. Don't run away and uh, try and find a notepad. It'll all be there for you and you can grab that. Um, but for example, um, how I've done that is I've got uh, robertstar.com forward slash voicemail, uh, which is an easy site for you to visit to send me a message at any time without any specific purpose. Now, the second tool is uh, Zopim, Z-O-P-I-M, which is website chat and messaging. So you can leave me a message when I'm not online, but also, and I'll come back to you with some times on this because I'll need to work out with my schedule when I could perhaps do this consistently, or perhaps I might just publish on the uh, Facebook or Twitter pages um, each day when I might be available. But what it enables you to do is have live chat with me. So if you jump on robertstar.com, you can have a chat with me. I'll be on there for probably maybe half an hour or so each day, and I'll put the window up there where you can just have a, have a chat about any questions you may have as well. But as Mike came across um, when uh, he, was, uh, he was on the site uh, earlier this week, 
um, we caught up with each other. Um, Mike was on the site. Um, I didn't know it was Mike at the time, and you don't um, until you have the conversation. And I just asked him how his day was going and uh, whether he needed any any help. And uh, he was able to reply back. We had a great chat and also had the great, op- the great ability to inform him that uh, Craig selected his question as our winner. Uh, so it was a great, it was a great, it was a great outcome, I think, for both of us, which was very unexpected. But it's another opportunity for you and your patients, so for you to delight them in some other way than just simply always when they come through your front door. And as we talk about this week, which is a great segue to our interview, which is coming right up, um, it, it's a great way to delight them in any way, shape, or form that they choose to reach out to you, whether that be through your front door or through your digital front door. So that is our Pharmacy Freedom Index insight for this week. And don't forget, you can jump across to pharmacyfreedomindex.com, take the test, you'll have a downloadable report highlighting your rating in nine critical areas of your business in only seven minutes. You'll get the transformation ebook, access to the workbook and the community to kickstart your journey. I know you're going to love it. So across to our interview. Our interview today is with Jonathan Layton. He's the Executive Director of ChemMart, who want to be known for bringing health services to life in Australian pharmacies. Jonathan Layton, welcome to the Transformation Show. Thanks very much, Rob. Great to speak to you. Oh, look, great to have you on, Jonathan. And look, I think it's always fantastic to have the heads of groups on, on this show as well as so many issues impact our pharmacy owners who are listening to this show, but they're always very keen to know who who leading the banner groups and particularly Chemart, um, you know, how you're approaching technology, as we'll talk about on this show, uh, but also, um, you know, what your opinion is of, uh, I guess, the 21st century pharmacy era. Um, Fantastic. So, so Jonathan, I'll always like to ask my guests when they come on the show, how did you get started in pharmacy? And I guess what drew your interest and I guess where do you see pharmacy heading in Australia at the moment? Okay, well, I've actually been working in pharmacy for uh, over 20 years now. Uh, My first job out of university, I studied marketing and my first job out of university was uh, working for Amcal in their private label departments. And I think I kind of fell in love with the industry very early on, working with some passionate people. Um, and I think what I find exciting about pharmacy is that it's more than just selling a product, but it's actually, you know, getting some real um, benefits for for our customers. Oh, look, absolutely. And, you know, look, it, I guess it's, it's an evolving era, isn't it? And, um, you know, we've been on that fantastic journey in pharmacy of pre-PBS reform. We're going through large changes now and it's seeing evolving into these patient-centric pharmacies that we're hoping that to create uh, across, the glo- across the nation at the moment. And uh, clearly Kenmart's playing a big part in that. Yeah, look, I, I think that there has always been pharmacy has uh, certainly for as long as I've been uh, in the game, there's always been a challenge uh, to overcome, and and now certainly no difference. And uh, I do think that there is a, a real opportunity now for pharmacy to play um, an even more critical role in uh, allied healthcare. Uh, I guess from from my perspective, um, pharmacy is um, you know health and well-being really shouldn't be as difficult as as it is. And pharmacy can play a great role by actually making it easier and more accessible for uh, people to better look after themselves. And one of the ways of doing that is really by, I guess, embracing technology. Yeah, look, absolutely. And I think as our listeners are going to be in a great treat today, I think one of the first things we're going to focus on is uh, the innovative service that Kenmart's offering right now in SpotCheck, which was uh, very good to see the the other day featured on the morning show. Yeah, so we've been uh, we've actually got a fair bit of coverage uh, on on this service, which has been good, and, and it's been a bit exciting having uh, a couple of uh, punch ups with the AMA also on it. Uh, look, I think from from our perspective, the reason why we chose to get into the spot check service was because we knew that um, you know two in three people are going to have get skin cancer by the age of seventy. Uh, it's actually the the, the most highly uh, diagnosed cancer in Australia, with 80% of all new cancers uh, diagnosed are being uh, skin cancer. Uh, we also we also know that uh, customers or that, that 
people in Australia really don't do enough to check their own skin. So, and we know that if they did, um, early detection would certainly help for better health outcomes. So really excited about the launch of the uh, Spot Check program. Uh, essentially what that is, it's a skin cancer check program that can be run, um, it's run in stores. So a customer will come into a Chemart pharmacy and they can get, uh, they'll get a photo of, of a spot that is concerning them, uh, photographed with a dermatoscope and then sent on to skin cancer doctors through a secured app. Uh, the reason why we decided to get into this is we knew that skin cancer is very prevalent in Australia. We've got two in three Australians are being diagnosed with skin cancer by the age of 70. And it's actually the most uh, highly diagnosed cancer in Australia. Uh, it accounts for around 80% of all newly diagnosed cancers. We also know that uh, we're going to have better health outcomes if we can diagnose skin cancer earlier. So that was our reason for, for getting into this program. And so far, the results have actually been quite astounding. So in the first two weeks of the program, we had uh, 464 customers uh, come in and have their skin checked. Of that, we've already found uh, eight melanomas. Uh, there have been 40 basal cell or squamous cell carcinomas found and probably another 20 lesions that may be early melanomas or they may actually just be a, um, an irregular mole. So uh, the thing about this is it's really actually delivering better health outcomes for customers and making significant uh, differences to their lives. Yeah, look, absolutely. And, and certainly, as, as you touched on, the accessibility factor is uh, certainly a major boundary in being able to access these types of healthcare in that uh, previously to have your moles mapped or to uh, go into make an appointment with a skincare specialist, you may be waiting uh, three or six months in some cases. So to be able to walk into a, a Chemmart pharmacy, and I think um, Blooms in New South Wales have been doing it as well, um, it, it certainly ch changes the game as as far as accessibility is concerned and and certainly as you touched on there some great outcomes yeah look it's and it's not designed to replace having a, a full uh, body scan this is it really is the, the number of people who are out there that have you know one spot that they're concerned about and keep meaning to get it checked um, but never get around to it it's really designed for those people uh, a good Actually, a good example of that is I was demonstrating the program to a group of pharmacists in South Australia, and we actually asked if anybody had a spot that was that was concerning them uh, that they could we could use it as an example. Uh, and a young pharmacist who was about forty years old uh, put his hand up. He came up. He had a spot on his arm that he was worried about, uh, and so we tested it. And by the end of the meeting, we got the results back. And uh, I shared with the whole group the results, and it ended up that that spot was a, a um, basal cell carcinoma. Uh, when I asked him how come, you know, he's a, this is a, a pharmacist, a healthcare professional, uh, how long he'd had it for, he'd sort of said that for the last six months he'd been meaning to get it checked out, but he just hadn't had the occasion to get to the doctor to ask about it. So... You know, if it happens with pharmacists, it's mm. certainly happening with uh, the wider community as well. Oh, look, absolutely. And I think in, in modern day society, we've never had our time time, and also our attention squeezed as, as much as it is now. And we're often reprioritizing things that would obviously have been in the past, perhaps more immediate concerns and thinking that, oh, well, it's just a spot. It's not really anything. It's probably just a freckle. And, uh, you know, we don't really need to be too concerned. But, you know, again, if, if it's more accessible to them, uh, then, you know, obviously the ability to get to the bottom of it is uh, much more within everyone's grasp, which is a fantastic outcome. Yeah. And, and Jonathan, is this just scratching the surface that you can see of these types of e-health opportunities where you can have pharmacists collaborate? And I think there was probably a lot of conjecture as to whether pharmacists were taking over the doctor's role, but I think you did very well. And certainly uh, Carolyn, who represented you very well on the morning show, uh, showed that you know it wasn't the pharmacists doing all the diagnosis. They played a very key role in providing that first contact and getting the right information to the specialist doctors. So can you see any other opportunities on the horizon for these types of services? I think absolutely. I mean, this really is a form of telehealth. So we've partnered with, uh, with doctors here 
and we really are the conduit. Pharmacy can be the conduit to be able to get customers to link up customers with with doctors or with specialists. And um, I, th I think the whole telehealth uh, movement is just going to be able to grow. Um, you know, pharmacy is a very logical place to to run services like this because this is where people are coming in with health concerns. They're having conversations about about their health and about uh, about their concerns they might have. So it, it's logical to uh, to use pharmacy as a hub for these sorts of activities. And I think that there are. And the other thing is that that pharmacists and doctors actually have good relationships. And while you know, in situations like the spot check, there was a little bit of a turf war going on with the AMA. I think the reality the reality is that pharmacists and doctors work closely together every day on helping to manage the uh, the well being of customers. Yeah. No. Look. Absolutely. And and what and what's your view on the um, the in pharmacy doctor consultations? I know that uh, um, your counterparts at Terry White had been trialling that with the GP to Skype and all of that. Is that something that you can see evolving? And um, can that you know be literally bringing doctors into pharmacy? I think I think that particularly in areas uh, where there is limited access to, to doctor services, I think there's a great opportunity to use pharmacy for that. And uh, I, I do see that as being something that's going to just continue to grow into the future. Yeah, no, look, absolutely. And, and I guess it always comes down to that these are private consultations and that also that the, uh, the spot checks as well are private. Um, they're not Medicare rebatable. Um, so it will always, I guess, for the people that want uh, Medicare benefits, they're probably not at the moment getting the best benefits of telehealth. Um, and I, I guess it, where the exception has been is where there's been rural and remote access to specialists. But um, from what you can see, are the, are the government and particularly Medicare, looking at these things and thinking, well, our health system can be saving significant dollars by providing better accessibility? Uh, you know, I would I would hope they would over time and in, and also talking with insurance companies, but they're very, uh, um, I think these, these are very large uh, organisations that are, are, are slow to make changes. Uh, what I guess what pharmacy needs to be able to demonstrate and what services like this need to be able to demonstrate are the health benefits, the value that they actually offer to to uh, customers, to patients. And once they're better quantified, I think that's when the opportunity will come to uh, for these sorts of services to be reimbursed. Yeah, no, look, absolutely. And going back a little bit to spot check, the uh, technology that you use, the uh, dermatoscope, and obviously the <clears throat> cost of medical technology as well as all technology has been coming down rapidly over the years. So how is it done in the pharmacy? I think from very briefly, I've been able to see that it was an attachment to an iPhone or an iTouch. Yeah, sure. So, so what we use is we use actually an, an iPod Touch. Um, it's also, or you could use an iPhone as well. Uh, and it uses a, a German manufactured dermatoscope. And the quality of that dermatoscope is very much the same as what a, a skin cancer doctor may use uh, in terms of in their, in their clinic. Uh, so the quality of, of, the, of the pictures that come out of it, uh, are, I think it's about a 20 times uh, magnification. Uh, so it's very, very easy to use. The app has been designed so that uh, it actually gives step-by-step -step instructions um, for the pharmacy staff member who does it. It doesn't need to be done by a pharmacist. In in, in most situations, it's actually done by a by a pharmacy assistant, by a trained pharmacy assistant. Uh, it gives them the instructions to take in the details of the customer and get consent forms signed and take a picture of, of that and then take a picture of the mole in question um, both from a distance and and close up uh, it then uh, allows you to explain where um, where on the body the mole is and ask a number of questions around um, the history um, how long you've noticed it for whether it's itchy whether it's bleeding whether it's raised questions like that to help the doctors in their diagnosis uh, that all that information then gets get sent off uh, to the doctors and the doctors get the um, get the information and within 48 hours they will contact uh, via via email 
the patient. So the relationship is very much between the doctor and the patient, and the pharmacy is the conduit there. And if it's something that's uh, if it's something that's menacing, something that's uh, the results, something that's menacing, then the doctor will actually call the uh, the patient directly. Okay, no, that's that, that's good. Now, thanks for going through that thoroughly. But, and I guess being a self-guided process um, that I guess would satisfy the doctors that it's being that the right information is being captured and that the photos are being taken correctly. What what and, and, and as you mentioned, it's not necessarily a pharmacist that's taking the photo. So, what specific I guess role is the pharmacist making in all of that? Is it an education process in terms of giving the patient the peace of mind of understanding the process that they're going? Going through and helping to make those connections, or um, is it is it quite um, you know I guess a, an automated process um, through the application? Look, it is. It's certainly the uh, we're very careful not to have pharmacists or pharmacy staff um, give give any sort of medical opinion on whether a spot should be checked or, or shouldn't be checked. This is this is really around about spots that are. That are picked up by the customer to to have a look at them. I guess what the pharmacy can do is actually help customers understand their skin better, understand what sort of things we give information out to to explain to customers what sort of spots need to be um, looked at. Uh, all information that we get from sources like the Cancer Council, and uh, really they are there as a to make it more accessible, just to make it easier for customers to get spots checked that they wouldn't ordinarily um, make the time to get checked. Oh, look, absolutely. And I think on the cusp of summer, uh, people wouldn't be coming in to get these spots checked if they weren't concerned that they may be menacing. So it's probably a really good time to give them a bit of a wake-up call, assuming that everything does turn out okay, um, as to what the best sun care uh, tips can be provided and utilised coming up through summer so that they can uh, try to minimise uh, future scares that they may have from other spots that come up. So I guess it's all about you know taking those opportunities Opportunities and uh, really, you know, delivering over and above uh, in those in those opportunities, so that you can leave that patient feeling with it. Um, you know, they haven't just come into a testing centre, but they've come into a, a destination that they can keep coming back to and learning more. Absolutely. I mean, really, it is. A, it's a great opportunity to have a discussion with the customer about sun awareness and and really, what this service is is just it's just an extension of uh, the role that pharmacy plays in in allied healthcare. Yeah, no, look, absolutely. And Jonathan, I also wanted to talk about uh, your uh, multi-channel retailing platform as well. And I guess that really dovetails into this because a lot of our patients, as we discussed in uh, one of our previous episodes, talking about how to have your first pharmacy website, may be turning to the web when they first want to find out about the services a particular pharmacy or brand is offering. And right at the moment, I can see that right across Chemart, you've got great exposure to the spot care che- spot check Um program and people can book in so are customers able to book in for their spot checks online and is it done very seamlessly with the store in that the store will definitely have availability at that particular time and that the patient um, you know obviously has managed that process pretty well without having to have too many back and forth uh, scheduling phone calls sure yeah we're finding that more and more services uh, are being uh, booked online through through our website so spot check probably um, not as much because it is very much it's a it takes about two minutes uh, it can be done by you know there are a number of people inside the pharmacy that are trained to do it so it is quite a it is something that's done you know quite uh, instantaneously when somebody goes into the pharmacy but certainly with other sorts of services that we've offered, like our flu clinics, for example, uh, we're finding a, a remarkably high number of people accessing uh, bookings via our website. Yeah, no, look, absolutely, and and I guess the biggest the biggest thing around the uh, bookings um, is that is it something that links closely in with a pharmacy calendar so that you know that you have availability in the pharmacy uh, when the customer books that appointment. Yeah, look, Rob, it's obviously uh, it's one thing to have a tool in place to yeah. allow people to make bookings, but uh, it, the important part of this is to make sure that the, that the pharmacy is keeping uh, a close eye on this 
and not disappointing their customers in delivery of those services. So yeah. if you're going to go out there and use technology to make it easy for people to access services, uh, the key to that is to make sure that you follow through and um, don't disappoint the customers when they come in for the experience. Yeah, look, absolutely. And I think that's you know a great segue into our uh, discussion around multi-channel retailing because you know on, on a couple of episodes ago when we spoke about websites, we spoke a lot about trying to duplicate and to provide the same in-store experience in a digital format and uh, to be able to create those great synergies in information flow and also key details like contact details and also services offered and in, in Kmart's case, um, offering products as well. Um, so how did you approach or approach that? Because I imagine it would have been a huge undertaking uh, to be able to consider how you're going to marry up the in-store Kmart experience with the digital experience. And could you tell our listeners, because I think a lot of them have thought about, okay, we, have to, we might have a website now, but then if we're going to be extending what we do, it may involve product sales. So what did you consider when you made that leap into the uh, digital space? Okay, sure. So we launched a we launched our e-commerce solution um, earlier this year nationally. So we certainly weren't the first to market. Um, what we wanted to therefore make sure of is that we um, had an e-commerce solution that was would really, I guess, be an extension uh, of what we already do every day. So we wanted to find a way of being able to make sure that our pharmacies could maintain that relationship that they had with their customers. Uh, and enable those customers to to shop with them and to have a relationship with them any way that customer customer might want to do that. So whether that be to come into the store or whether that is to to do it online. Uh, so the things that we looked at doing in order to accomplish this was first thing we did was we wanted to create a a website or a, an e-commerce site which was localized. So it allowed customers to. Um, choose and, and shop with their with their own store so um, i think it was important for us to 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 realize that we're not talking about two different people in terms of the person who shops online or the the person who comes into store so the first thing was about making making it look feel, look and feel local uh, we also wanted to make sure that pricing was actually um uh the same whether the customer whether a customer would shop in store or um, shop online because I think there'd be nothing more uh, annoying customer to shop online and then come into store and find out that it was whether it be cheaper or more expensive in store. So we wanted to to work a system that was allow you to have your same pricing online uh, as you do in store. And for it was a challenge for a group like Kmart because. We don't have, uh, you know, universal pricing across our brand. Yeah. Um, we also wanted to make sure that um, we could. We thought there was an opportunity to use e-commerce as uh, to get stores to be able to sell a larger, larger range of products than what they currently sell in a, in, a, in their existing store. So um, it allows small stores, and we have stores that are as, as small as eighty square meters. Uh, we allowing those small stores to be able to sell a much larger range because you can get. We do work in an industry where it is very easy to get stock, um, you know, quite quickly. Uh, so this was about finding a system that would allow you to um, sell an expanded range even in a smaller store. Um, the other thing we looked to do was um, to create a system that would have the pharmacy doing the picking and the packing. Um, so it would all be completed at store level rather than being um, being done centrally. And I think the benefit of this is that uh, it allows the, the pharmacy to be able to maintain that relationship with the, with the customer. Uh, it's important to remember that just because somebody orders online doesn't mean that the experience should be any less for them. And it doesn't mean that you can only deal with that person online because of course you can still ring the customer and talk to them about any concerns that you've got. Um, we also looked to have a system that would allow customers to either uh, have the product delivered uh, or enable them to pick up in store. And in fact, what we've found is that about 40% of customers are actually coming into store to pick up the goods that they buy online. Um, and then the last thing we did is we wanted to make sure that we integrated with everything else that we did. 
So that was about making sure that um, we've got a, a rewards program, a, like a, a loyalty program, and it was to make sure that the, a customer um, could earn and, and burn their rewards uh, points online just as they would in store. So um, overall, what we were looking to, to do in this was to really create just an extension to what happens in store uh, to be able to allow the customer to be able to do that as they choose to online. Yeah, look, absolutely, and and, and that's perfect. In in as much that you, you don't expect to, you know, look at the front front page of your website and consider being anything other than what you would see when you walk in the front door of the pharmacy. And the retailers, you know, not just in pharmacy, that best represent that feeling. You know, we we all know Apple very well, and they're very sim- simplistic design. They have a razor sharp focus that you can see from the moment you get onto their homepage or one of their Apple retail stores. And to be able to duplicate that is, um, in obviously what the customers asking for but that's what their expectations are and obviously to change your in-store activity in line with what you're doing uh, um, in, in the website space as well is certainly really important so no that's fantastic Jonathan and you know I think that's every goal that we, we, were, we were talking about even a couple of weeks ago but I guess one of the biggest questions that might be bouncing around uh, between the ears of a lot of our listeners at the moment is it's great to have all of these goals, but how easy is it to make it happen or how hard is it to make it happen? And how did you select the right platform to use? And in your opinion, is this something that, you know, a single independent pharmacy has within their grasp? Well, Rob, I can, uh, to be honest with you, uh, it, it's been a, it's been a very, it's been a long and difficult process. Uh, we have used um, Oracle as our platform, and Oracle um, is the platform used by some of the biggest uh, retailers in the world. So Walgreens, for example, yep. use Oracle. And I guess our, our thinking in this was that as technology changes so rapidly, uh, what we didn't want to happen was to, to turn around in, in three years' time or in five years' time and say, hey, our system can't cope with what today's world is we need to scrap this and start from scratch so it was about um it was about finding something that was a a platform that could be built on and that was sustainable and i think even at this stage you know i think i'd describe our our platform as being a a ferrari and at the moment we're probably just really taking it up to the shops and back yeah uh i i do think it's a very difficult thing for um, an individual pharmacy to be able to do uh, there is a lot of maintenance involved, and if you think about it, every time you, you range a new product, every time you um, you delete a product, price changes constantly. I do think it needs to have um, some robust processes and a team behind it in order to be able to do it really effectively. Um, but I do I do think that it's something that it's going to be it's important for um, pharmacies uh, to have a footprint in uh, going forward into the future. Yeah, look, I, I think, you know, our, other retailers are driving that customer behaviour too and that you can order pizza and customise it through the Domino's application. You can control all your finances and uh, move your money around on your smartphone from a banking perspective. You can book holidays on your smartphone. And I think, you know, as we're seeing, you know, pharmacy is the next logical step for a lot of customers in terms of, well, you should be able to order. You should be able to order and pick up in store and do all of the above that I would already do. Do and there's so much more control that the customers actually after. So it's a challenge, and I think I think a lot a lot of our listeners will be thinking, well, how do how do we do that? And I guess in the process of evaluating the different products available out there, did you come across any of them that perhaps our listeners might be able to, you know, t- wet their feet with that isn't too risky, isn't too costly, but something off the shelf that may give them, you know, I guess a, a very you know scaled down version of what you've uh, suggested. Uh, look, I, I really, um, I haven't, to be honest with you. Uh, we, we looked at a number of systems and we were looking for an enterprise system that was going to allow us to uh, you know, to be able to control things centrally as well as localise things. So it probably didn't really meet our brief for what an individual <coughs> can do. I, I know that there are programs out there um, that that do do individual um websites for pharmacies and e-commerce solutions. 
I think the key to it, if you if it's something that you're going to get um, get into, the key to it is to remember that you need to treat your customers on your website no differently than you treat your customers in your store. So if you you know if you do do this and you and you and you have get customers and get business um, through the website, you, you wouldn't leave customers standing in your store or, or waiting outside um, for you. You'd, you'd greet them and you'd treat them and you'd, you'd um, serve them straight away. You really need to make sure that you have the mindset of doing exactly the same thing with your online customers. Well, that's that's right. And if you if your pharmacy treats customers extremely well in store, and then you launch an online offer that disappoints, we really want to be able to deliver the same experience, whether whether it starts in store or starts online, finishes up in store. And that that's obviously just realising those set of expectations as well. And Jonathan, just on the um, on the points you mentioned earlier, just had a couple of uh, questions with that. And when you're saying that the smaller stores can offer a larger range, is that where the uh, store websites are integrated with uh, Symbian being the, uh, the I guess the, the the wholesaler involved and able to trigger picking an order from Symbian and then that's able to be sent to the pharmacy. That's right. So uh, so the the uh, individual store can actually uh, curate their range on- online. They can have whatever range they choose to out of the master file. Uh, out of the master database, so that would include all the products that are available through Symbian, uh, as well as what, as well, as well as the wider ranges that would be available through their direct suppliers. Uh, and then the the website is smart enough to know that it'll read whether or not the uh, pharmacy has stock on hand. And if it doesn't have any stock on hand, it goes and has a look at what's available at Symbian, and then it will tell customers the product is available within 48 hours rather than rather than the same day. Yeah. So I imagine that's going to mean that there's a huge onus on the stores that are choosing to offer online. And I noticed that not every Chemmart stores um, tick the box on that at the moment, but there's a huge onus on them to keep their stock counts right because uh, I imagine if they're not if they're not 100%, uh, then you potentially have a customer ordering a product that that store may say on their system they have, but they don't actually have. It's really important, Rob. It's very, very important for stores to, uh, you know, this whole uh, move into into digital technology just uh, increases the importance of, of good stock maintenance and making sure that your systems are up to date uh, and clean because uh, that's what the customers are seeing. That's where the information's coming from there. And you'll let down your customers. You'll disappoint them if you're not maintaining your files properly. Yeah, and and you're saying in any chemmarts that are using robotics in their pharmacy that you've got the stock counts in the robots updated because I imagine moving forward it's almost like you've got a mini warehouse in your pharmacy with an accurate stock count that may feed into your POS and data systems. Is that something that you're seeing or trialing across the network? Yeah, look, we have a number of stores that are using um, robotics within within their pharmacies, and, and we're finding it to be um, very efficient. Uh, it is important again to to make sure that that stock is being um, kept up to date. Uh, we ha- we run Minfos through through our stores, and what it allows them to do, I, I'd imagine that that all the all the point of sale systems would do this, is that it does allow you to um, give a put a location um, against a product so that you're aware of where that product is and how much product is in each in each location. So, again, you know, good maintenance of your of your system is really important to be um, to run efficiently and to not let down your customers. Yeah, no, look, absolutely. And also with um, you mentioned the integration of uh, the loyalty program, Chemmart Rewards, um, with tracking obviously customer spend and habits and what types of products they may be buying frequently, have you got the capability of being able to, I guess, personalise that shopping experience in that the page that the patient sees when they log in um, looks different for them based on what they have previously purchased or interested in? Yes, well, we have the the technology that we have allows us to do that. Uh, what we do need to do is make sure that we get more customers actually um, setting up accounts online, and and when that's done, and that's when we can actually start to customise their home pages so that it's actually offering products that are relevant to them and things that they that, that they are after. 
and I, th- I think it's actually quite interesting this uh, the the idea of, of um, what customers want versus privacy because I, I do feel that uh, more and more customers are like uh, are saying if you know what it is that I have and what I like then I expect you to you know to tailor your offers to suit me hmm. so I think that's something that uh, we, we're seeing. Um, more and more opportunity to actually to tailor offers to customers um, that's going to benefit both the retailer uh, and the customer. Oh, look, absolutely. And, you know, you only have to be on Facebook to see that any particular website that you may have visited or a product you may have searched that might be Kogan Electronics will keep following you across your website journey uh, and very cleverly too, uh, being able to utilise cookies and things like that. So I, ma- I, I imagine with, uh, you know, a lot of the Chemmart pharmacies having uh, Facebook pages, that type of functionality may not be too far away either. Yeah, no, I think it is. Uh, it's a bit scary. I, I find some of this stalking of, of, of by companies a little bit scary, uh, but certainly, as long as it's as, as long as it's being done in a way that's actually going to benefit the customer, I certainly see that these sorts of display ads and that are, that are, that are being used are, are becoming more and more prominent across uh, across all industries. Yeah, no, look, absolutely. And you touched on delivery and there's obviously the flexibility of being able to pick up in store as well as uh, deliver uh, to the patient. So I guess, how is that managed? Have you, got a, have you got a special deal set up with Australia Post or is there a particular courier company that you're using to, I guess, make that easier at the store level? Yeah, so, so what we've done is we've, we've set up uh, an arrangement with a company called Tomando and essentially they're, they're freight brokers. So when a job gets, um, when, when an order gets placed, the system will automatically um, find the, the cheapest courier uh, and, um, and then and order it through that courier. So there's a network of couriers that are, that are approved and, and it will find the cheapest one. And the way we do it for the stores because is that there's a, there's a set fee that the pharmacy pays and, and the same set fee is what the customer pays. So. Uh, while there are swings and roundabouts depending on where where stock is going to and how heavy it is, uh, we've taken all that risk out and it's just up to the, um, the the courier will be found through the system. The store can also do home delivery and they can also choose to to waive the um, the delivery fee if they choose to. Okay, no, that's very good. And I guess obviously with maintaining product weights and things like that to be able to do your calculations, is all that like, I think for most owners listening at the moment, we thinking, well, that just sounds like a lot of work that I, I wouldn't personally have time to do in the pharmacy. But is all of that being taken care of by Chemart's head office? Yeah, it was, it's all been done centrally. And, uh, and I can tell you it is a lot of work and it was a, a hell of a lot of work in setting up um, 5,000 or so SKUs um, to be able to measure and weigh each of them. Um, for anyone who's looking to sort of try to do it themselves, I think a lot of the, well, a number of the suppliers um, keep dimensions and, and weights of their products. Uh, it is it is one of, the, one of the bigger challenges that you face in terms of getting that accurate information uh, all put into the system. Yeah, no, look, absolutely. And, and again, we're living in an age at the moment where most of our owners have don't have much time and we're wearing too many hats and, uh, you know, really trying to, you know, really get their heads around where PBS reform's taking their pharmacy. So I think, you know, all of these extra things would be thinking, well, that's just too hard at the moment. So it's good that there are solutions available that make it a lot easier. And, and just very quickly, Jonathan, just wanted to touch on social media because obviously it's a great distribution platform. A lot of our older customers are heading into that space at the moment and also notice that Kmart have a particular focus on having every store's Facebook page set up. So could you tell our listeners just briefly um, how you got that set up and is there any integration with the e-commerce site at all? Okay, so so the way we, we got that set up was the first thing we did was actually establish, establish some um, guidelines around how, how to run a, a Facebook page. Uh, what we do is that we do some, we do posts that are... Um, appropriate for the entire industry across all of our stores pages uh, but the real benefit for social media for things like Facebook is to talk about the things that are that you do in your store that that aren't being replicated everywhere else 
So what we uh, encourage our stores to do is they, they have their own posts that they do regularly uh, on the things that happen in their store. So I guess our, our um, posts, which, which we do, which we do um, every few days, are just to make sure that all the stores are keeping active and keeping things interesting and talking about things that, that Chemart is doing as an entire group. But we very strongly encourage our stores to go on there and, and do their own posts and make sure that uh, it stays relevant to their local community. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and is the feed for, I guess, the local posts and things like that coming onto the uh, local pages for each Chemmart pharmacy? It is, yes. So, so we feed it straight onto the, each of their local pages yep. uh, and it, it's then enhanced by their own uh, activity as well. Oh, that's good because again, otherwise it's going to look like the same page for every single Chemart pharmacy. So no, that's 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 terrific. And I guess where do you see that? I guess the next logical extension is it a is it a mobile app? Is it uh, I guess uh, you know we've seen a lot of development in the prescription ordering space of ERX Express and MedAdvisor and so forth. Is those types of services going to start to get integrated with um, you know the Chemart e-commerce? Uh- it will. The next step for us is uh, we are going to have a, a mobile website up and running that um, actually you can trade on. That you can use for e-commerce um, early in early in the new year. Uh, it's one of the things that's actually surprised me that there really isn't much of that going on um, in in pharmacy, and particularly if we look at you know there are more and more people that are actually using their their mobile devices. Uh, to purchase things on and not just to use to look up um, uh, locations and, and um, directions. So that's the next step for us. And, you know, over time, we'll make sure that things are integrated with social media and with rewards. And, and I think that the whole idea, that the end goal is to really um, make sure that we talk to customers however they want to be spoken to and that we're there and accessible to them, um, whether it be... Uh, through social media, whether it be through a website, whether it be in store um, or in their letterbox, that uh, we talk in a in a common way. We communicate um, with the same tone of voice and the same personality, so that they can maintain that relationship with their local pharmacy as they see fit. Yeah, no, look, absolutely. And I think I think the technology has just really changed a lot of the processes and a lot of the accessibilities that we've seen over the ages. In the 1800s, the pharmacies were always the uh, community hubs and it was pre-PBS reform distributors and groups and so forth. And a lot of the central conversation happened in pharmacies and then that developed into the soda fountains in the American drugstores where the community would come and talk about things. But we're seeing that in social media, seeing it in digital spaces now, and it's so important, like you say, of giving pharmacists in that space, um, being able to have those conversations when they're when they're asked to. And I think particularly you touched on mobile uh, responsive sites, and that was one we touched on a few episodes ago with John Hollenberg. Is that there aren't many pharmacies who are in that doing mobile responsive and ordering on from a mobile device. So it's a great space for you to be leading the way with. So, Jonathan, I always like to ask, you know, a question that uh, I think quite often, you know, gives us a good idea as to, you know, when we take all the boundaries away of where we'd all like to be going in pharmacy and that what would you say is, I guess, the biggest game-changing technology? And it may be something that's already upon us, um, that if you can see that if time and resources were no barrier, would you love to implement in pharmacies today? Good question, Rob. Um, I think that the you know the whole aim of what um, community pharmacy needs to be doing is making it easier for customers to to look after themselves. So um, I see the changes in in uh, technology for screening and for diagnosis as being an area that is going to continue to offer new new services and new income streams for customers. Um, you know, whether it be through pharmacogenomic testing, uh, or whether it be through more telehealth-style services, whereby you can take the pharmacy's ability to do point-of-care testing, um, and then um, collaborate with other healthcare professionals like GPs to to offer better services. I think that's probably they're the areas where you know it's and pharmacy can play an exciting. Um, 
role in the future of, um, of healthcare. Yeah, no, look, absolutely. And, and I guess it's just really putting that patient right in the centre and, you know, delivering on the personalised healthcare that they're looking for at the moment and affording ourselves the ability for them to choose how they wish to engage anywhere, anytime, and not just being restricted to the opening hours of the pharmacy, which, you know, typically nine to five, Monday to Friday, maybe nine to one on a Saturday, but healthcare is 24 hours, seven days a week. And, uh, you know, I think obviously what, what we've spoken about today, it's showing that, um, um, you know, certainly yourselves and Kenmart are getting into that space where customers can access their best healthcare from anywhere, anytime. And, um, you know, that's a great thing to be looking forward to. That's right. Thanks very much. Now, cheers. Now, thanks, Jonathan. And we look forward to following Kenmart's journey and obviously the development. It's obviously just scratching the surface now of where digital healthcare and how we can ha- exist in that omni-channel environment of digital online and allowing the customer to flip-flop and um, look forward to having you back in the not-too-distant future. Right. Thanks very much, Rob. Well, today was certainly another step in the direction of taking our pharmacies into the digital age, which is where 21st century pharmacies sit. We don't need to talk about those same issues that we did a few weeks ago about where you are positioned on Google and what Google says about you. That once they're in there and once pharmacists are in the digital space and our patients are finding us in the digital space, what are we going to do with them? And certainly we want to make sure that they're getting a reproducible experience for what they receive when they walk through our front door of the pharmacy. My three key learnings are pretty big today, I think. Number one is technology does enable our patients to look after themselves better, no doubt. Um, And it makes screening processes like spot check that Jonathan spoke about really possible and very accessible and can facilitate Australian pharmacies' transition to becoming patient-centric community health hubs. And I think that's, as we've spoken about previously, is the whole purpose of transformation and transformation. And what we're already seeing is some amazing results. Um, Jonathan's example from South Australia of the demonstration he did with a 40-year-old pharmacist who had his spot checked that he was a little bit worried about, and it turned out to be a basal cell carcinoma. And his excuse for not having it checked previously was that he just didn't have time and didn't know how to get in for that appointment. And so whilst it doesn't replace the big mole mapping processes that we do go through and we're encouraged to get all our moles mapped but if you have a little spot that's troublesome what a great opportunity and what a great way to get peace of mind quite quickly and as we also touched on a great opportunity for those pharmacies to be talking about sun care and the prevention capabilities and techniques that we can be talking about as well so it really is putting ourselves as those trusted advisors moving forward and particularly around that niche of sun care and the problems that can occur with our skin. Number two is know and plan your aims for transitioning to or to or implementing a multi-channel retailing experience. So Kenmart had, an ex- had examples and they had five different things of wanting to ensure local feel to each pharmacy was captured, pricing uniformity, an endless aisle shopping experience, the decentralised logistics and customer care continuity at store level, and also the integration with in-store programs like loyalty wellness programs. So it's really important that we plan it all out so that when we do go ahead and invest in some time and money to making it happen, that those experiences do come to fruition. You can very easily just look at some other retailers and buy the buy an off-the-shelf e-commerce solution, but you really need to be thinking about what that needs to do for you and how you're planning on doing it, which leads to, to learning number three. Don't disappoint your patients with poor service delivery. Perhaps ask them what they would like to see online, what they would like to do. Chances are they're already telling you what they want. Uh, They're already getting exposed to great experiences through banking, travel, through even pizza delivery and pizza ordering. So they've got a good idea about what they want and the customizability. So you need to be able to manage that and offer it to them. And certainly it may mean using multiple areas, maybe something like ERX Express or MedAdvisor or Health Notes to help manage the prescription ordering process. 
but you may need something else to manage product uh, service delivery if that's what you're looking at. So you also need to consider how you're gonna actively manage and engage all the behind the scenes processes of replicating your store environment in that digital environment. And particularly with the heavy, heavy regard for the management of stock. So updates, stock levels, pricing, weights, dimensions, promotions. How are you going to manage all of that and what processes you have in place? You don't want to be adding more people into that process. You need something that's going to make it very easy for you. As pharmacy owners, we've never had less time and less resources to be able to make these things happen. So it might be that your best starting point right now is not to do product delivery, just focus on creating that mobile responsive site, and that's a huge opportunity we spoke about a couple of weeks ago, and perhaps focus on creating a multi-channel experience for your services. So that might be having online appointment uh, scheduling, which is a very easy off-the-shelf solution that we can talk about in some future episodes as well. But if you wanna know beforehand, please hit me up, and perhaps, the product delivery is a future enhancement that you look at investing down the track or even a partnership with an existing e-commerce provider like Kmart and a couple of other opportunities that you'll have that's coming to you in the coming episodes. Well, that brings us to the end of another episode of Transformation. And what a great theme we had today of really surprising and delighting our patients in physical and digital environments. And so important that we're actually communicating with them by continuing conversations rather than always restarting them and ask them to repeat what they said last time. It's very frustrating and we've got the tools now that we can start that journey. We've got some great interviews coming up. We've got further going down the pathway of e-commerce and how your pharmacy can offer your customers an endless aisle. And I chat to Heath Tully from Sigma. We've also got Fabian McCann from Senderscript, and we're going to discuss all things mobile for your pharmacy, apps, ordering, retail offers, you name it. And I'll also bring you the number one in cloud accounting as I chat with Amanda Fisher from Connected Accountants. So you're going to love that as well. Leave a comment in the show notes and space at the bottom always for you to put those in. I read and respond to every single one of them. And my guests like Jonathan today are happy to respond to your questions individually and you may even take home a sensational surprise, but I'm not gonna give away that prize surprise today. Have a great week, everyone, and I look forward to speaking to you again next week. Bye for now.